Hi, everybody. Welcome to a fuel radio conversation, or really just a conversation. <laughs> I've, I've had an interest in, in health for a long time, um, have a kinesiology degree, and, um, and gut health is one of the things that has come up. And I heard about Sue through Leap Zone and through Jim Gardner. I asked Jim, who's been, I asked Jim for a, a client testimonial and he talked about Sue. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for joining me today, Sue. Oh, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure to be here. And just before we got on, we were having some fun with Sue's last name and she's a good sport. <laughs> oh, here we go, Sue. Sue Potgeter. Oh, very good. Very good. good. Okay, yes. let's hear yeah. you pronounce it. <laughs> Sue Potgeter. <laughs> it's the in the back of the throat, you know. <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't know if I'm brave enough to do the. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you got further than just pot. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's different things that come and go as sort of the rage. But um, I, I think this is, you know, who knows what we're on to now in terms of, of health. But um, Jim told me that you 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 have some good stories about and some people that you've really helped. So that's that's awesome. And I, I want to hear about that in a sec. But. You know, before we get to that, maybe we could just hear a little bit about your story. Like, why did you become a nutritionist in the first place? Okay, well, it goes back really to when I trained as a teacher in the 1970s. And I actually trained as a home economics teacher or food and nutrition, as you might know it as. So even in the 70s, I was teaching um, high school students to learn how to cook, but also teaching them the difference between proteins and carbohydrates and healthy fats, et cetera. So when they left school, they did have that uh, basic knowledge of the things that they should eat and steer clear of. And I've had a lot of businesses in my life. Uh, I've had a wedding cake business. Uh, I've had a fruit and vegetable delivery business in Johannesburg. And uh, back in 2010, I was feeling particularly rubbish. Hmm. Uh, I'd uh, had to go, I'd had to have a hysterectomy, gone through a very um, fast menopause, shall I say. Mm. And I was eating a typical Western diet. So lots of carbs, processed foods, love chocolate. <laughs> um, and I wasn't sleeping well. And I, I was, I'd put on loads of weight. I was, um, you know, the typical menopause symptoms, hot flushes, night sweats, didn't have much energy, felt really lethargic, and I just thought, I have to do something. I wasn't taking any medication as such, or didn't need to be on any, but I just didn't feel well, and I couldn't put my finger on it. So I made the decision, <laughs> and I wouldn't recommend this for anybody, but I, I made the decision overnight to go raw vegan. So I cut out meat, wheat, dairy, coffee, sugar, oh, and tea. I was drinking about seven cups of British tea, English tea, <laughs> wow. every day. Yeah. And and also taking quite a lot of uh, over-the-counter painkillers for headaches, backache, mm. you know, that sort of thing. Oh, my word, Rod, I went into three days. <laughs> All I would say was, is it was withdrawal, withdrawal you know. Sure, it was sure. withdrawal. I yeah. had a headache like you can't believe. And mm. I... um. I decided, uh, so I, I rode that wave of the three days. Um, and then I, um, sorry, my screen's just sort of decided to 
halve itself, that's better. Uh, I decided um, now that I felt able to think straight, I, I then went into eating masses and masses of raw fruit and veg, nuts and seeds, um, good olive oil. And within three months, um, all my symptoms had cleared up. I'd mm. lost um, 14 kilos in weight, um, which is about mm, 30, over 30 pounds in weight, sleeping like a baby, felt amazing. I had energy for days and days and days. And so I thought mistakenly, oh, look, everybody needs to go raw vegan because this is obviously the way to go. Uh, then I discovered that actually it doesn't suit everybody because sure. of the, their digestive problems or digestive issues. Hmm. So a raw diet isn't good for somebody with digestive issues. Hmm. So I then retrained again. Oh, I, and I was a vocal coach um, in between all that. <laughs> uh, so I retrained again and as a nutritional therapist and a naturopath mm. and realized that in order to recommend what's right for that individual, that I needed to uh, treat them as an individual with an, a unique history and, and a unique digestive system. Yeah. Because that's where um, our health really stems from is from our gut. Right. That's a great point. So you discovered that like sort of one diet or and just I'm using diet in the broadest sense of the term yes. doesn't fit doesn't suit all. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah. No, it doesn't. And what yeah. works for one person doesn't work for another. Same with supplements. Sure. You know, yeah. somebody'll say, "Oh, I've been taking this." Right. Um and but it's may not maybe not right for somebody else so it, it's sure. very much personalized nutrition these days mm -hmm. and i would imagine that your training helped you to personalize it a little bit rather than someone who rather than just saying hey this worked for me and this is going to work for everybody else now you discovered maybe how things needed to be personalized and changed up for for every individual exactly because now i look so i like to call myself the health detective uh, and so, like so uh, a client sitting in front of me is a crime scene, and uh, and just like a, an ordinary detective will look for clues, so I look for clues in in the client in front of me, mm. and those clues will be found maybe in what they're eating, mm -hmm. uh, or in um, emotional trauma, which of course mm. it does affect uh, our health. Wow. It may be in the family history. It may be in something that went on in their childhood. Um, and so I look for, I look at the stories that have gone before. Mm -hmm. And then I look at the triggers to, uh, as to what's driving the problem now. And by mm -hmm. looking for those clues, I can then begin to unpick the problem that, that I'm faced with. Mm. Just, this is kind of one of my own soapboxes, but <laughs> just say a little bit more about trauma how does that affect people and I, I guess in you're doing some sort of intake and you're discovering what sort of the some of the things that people have gone through but like a lot of people are you're, are you talking about emotional eating that's that all comes into it but sure. also uh trauma during childhood yeah um so even things like moving house often mm. as a child mm -hmm. um and we don't get time to, to process those losses because it is a loss. It's a loss of security mm. for a young child. 
uh, if um, there are uh, research is now showing that there are things called ACEs, so adverse childhood events that really do can impact somebody's health 20, 30, 40 years later. Mm. And my job is to go back to dig deep and, and ask the right questions and find out, you know, what did happen? Mm -hmm. um, so trauma, we need to process it correctly because it is held in our tissues mm -hmm. and it can drive some of the uh, problems that we, we have nowadays that we then can't really understand what's going on. Uh, I was um, held up at gunpoint back in 2005 in an armed robbery wow. and had post-traumatic counselling after that to help me process it. Uh, now, I haven't actually thought about do I was the way I felt in 2010 as a result of what happened in 2005. I haven't actually thought about that. Maybe I ought to take my own advice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is, it's, it's an area of, of emotional healing that we have to look at, mm -hmm. you know, because we are, as a naturopath, I look at clients as a whole person. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I want to ask you about some client stories. We're going to get into the, maybe into the science of what you do in a little <laughs> bit here. <laughs> I, I'd love to have a bit of a science lesson. Okay. But maybe before we do that, maybe you could just tell us about one or two people that you that have helped that you've helped. Okay. Well, you know, I never know who's going to come through my door when they come. Um, I do send out a, a needs assessment beforehand, so I've got some idea. But it's really in the questioning that I discover what's really going on. Uh, there's one lady that comes to mind, um, and she came to me. Uh, in really a very depressed state. Mm. Uh, the, she had no hope. Uh, she couldn't see an end to her problem. She had trailed round doctors, consultants for 10 years. And uh, she ha was suffering from uh, extreme diarrhea every day, wow. five or six times a day. Mm. As a result, um, she felt... Um, ashamed. She wasn't able to leave the house. She'd lost her job. Uh, she couldn't, they couldn't go away on holiday as a family. And it had really impacted her life. And she said to me, Sue, you're my last resort. And I really don't know if you can help me. No, no pressure. <laughs> no, no pressure. But these, I, I always say to clients, you know, I do love a challenge. I love to get, the, you know, my, my mum was a police officer. So maybe I um, picked it up from there. But I do love uh, a challenge. That's where the detective uh, side of you. Comes that's where the is. detective side comes in. Yes. Yeah. Um, so she came to me with um, the results of a, a comprehensive stool test. And I looked through the results very carefully. And to all intents and purposes, she'd taken antibiotics all her life. You know, it looked like she'd been on courses and courses of antibiotics, which right. strip your gut microbiome. Sure. Uh, so when on questioning her, she said, no, I've never taken antibiotics. And I was like, what's going <laughs> on here? So I looked, dug deeper, dug deeper. And hidden in the sort of small print, if you like, was she was completely lacking one particular substance that's produced in your large intestine and that which controls um, fluid. Hmm. She didn't have any of it. it. It was lacking. And so what was happening was that the large intestine was holding on to too much fluid. Hmm. 
which was giving her this explosive diarrhea. So I put her on one supplement. I said, we're going to do one thing. She said, what, only one? I said, yes, because we need to know whether this is going to work. Mm -hmm. I put her on this one supplement and uh, she took it for three weeks. And I said, we may not see uh, a change overnight. You know, Mm -hmm. people have taken years to to get to where they are today with their health. Especially if she's missing some particular nutrient. Exactly, exactly. And so the, the supplement I gave her um, replaced this particular um, substance in her colon. Was it like an enzyme or something? That yes, it was. Yes, okay. N-butyrate. Okay. Um, and uh, three weeks after I put her on it, I got an email from her to say, Sue, I have been to the toilet normally three days running. Wow. <laughs> which was life-changing for her. Yeah, I can imagine when you described yes. what she was going through. Couldn't and she'd travel. had it for, t- yeah. <laughs> She'd had it for 10 years and uh, she took that for a little while and then Mm. she was able to stop and she's back at work now. Mm. Uh, They've been on holiday and once we'd got that organized, then I could then start to work on her diet because she felt so depressed. She was just eating lots and lots of processed carbs, you know, cake and biscuits and chocolate and donuts. Mm -hmm. Um, and those aren't empty nutrients anyway. Um, and uh, so I was then able to put her onto a, a better diet, and consequently her depression cleared up and her mental um, angst about everything cleared up. So that was yeah. that's really one of my greatest success stories. Um, <laughs> one of your favorites, huh? <laughs> it is one of my favorites because it affected the whole family. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, so yes. So I'm wondering about. Um, I, I watched a video on the weekend of a guy who had high cholesterol and again was eating vegan, mm-hmm. and um, and you know went to his doctor and his doctor wanted to put him on medication for his high cholesterol, and he did what you did. He he went, um, you know he he started a raw vegan diet and, yes. and turn things around and stopped uh stopped eating sugars processed foods and cream <laughs> <laughs> so um you know what would you I'm, I'm sure you've had people that come to you before with high cholesterol um wh- what would you recommend for someone that it is are, like what would the process be for someone who has high cholesterol uh, working with you yes so um Interestingly enough, I was having a conversation with a colleague of mine this morning about um, uh, clients with high cholesterol. And uh, a very good, um, I I say diet, it's what it's called, but there's a very good protocol called the portfolio diet, Mm -hmm. which particularly addresses um, high cholesterol. Okay. It's based on the Mediterranean diet, which is an anti-inflammatory diet. Mm -hmm. And... In the past, we've thought that it was fat that drove cholesterol up. But what we understand now is that it's, in fact, it's sugar and what we call trans fats. And trans fats are your processed fats like corn oil and vegetable oils. Um, And they're the the culprits, if you like, that drive up your cholesterol. Mm -hmm. So by going on a Mediterranean diet, by reducing 
the omega-6, which is pro-inflammatory, and increasing your omega-3s, which are anti-inflammatory, mm-hmm. which are found in uh, oily fish, right. nuts and seeds, your olive oil, mm-hmm. uh, then you begin to redress the balance because inflammation that begins in the gut creates inflammation in the rest of the body. Mm. And it can present as um, skin conditions. Mm-hmm. It can present as depression, uh, joint pains like arthritis. It can present as a cardio um, issues, mm-hmm. obviously weight issues. So it's inflammation, particularly starting in the gut, that drives all this. So I'd recommend uh, that um, people look at the portfolio diet. Okay. Um, they particularly it particularly uh, recommends something called plant sterols, which are very very effective at bringing down, uh, particularly LDL and your total cholesterol. Okay, as I as I'm getting older, my friends are getting older. <laughs> Funny that arthritis is appearing a lot more too. Is that something that has to do with gut health as well? Or? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Anything with an itis on the end means inflammation of. So it's inflammation of the joints particularly. And if you reduce your inflammation in the gut, then you reduce and you reduce your um, omega-6, omega-3 balance, Mm -hmm. um, then you will see that uh, the joint pains, the stiffness begin to reduce. Hmm. Excellent. Well, go ahead and keep going. Maybe give us a bit of a science (laughs) lesson. What's What's going on in our gut that's uh, making us unhealthy? Well, the gut microbiome, you know, has been a big news feature over the last few years, right. uh, particularly the fact that we have four pounds of these uh, little critters <laughs> in our gut. Uh, and we used to think that uh, we were in control pounds. of that's, them. That's a lot. It uh, is a lot, isn't yeah. it? It is a lot. Yeah. I think um, cause I've been hearing them as being like micro type of things, right? I was thinking Yes. About, so what? they're made up of uh, yeah. bacteria mm-hmm. and fungi and viruses uh, and parasites. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit like having a garden. If you mm-hmm. had a garden with just one plant in, it would be very boring and it wouldn't be a very healthy garden. Whereas if you have a garden and you plant it with uh, different shrubs and different flowers maybe slot in some vegetables in between in your borders and you've got grass, then you've got a real variety. So you get lots of different wildlife and insects. And it's really the same in your gut that everything you eat, Rod, uh, changes the bacteria in your gut. And you have a balance. You need a good balance of what we call good bacteria. And then uh, we have pathogenic or bad bacteria. If you have an an imbalance and you end up with uh, an overgrowth of bad bacteria, then that can cause uh, a number of things from bloating to abdominal cramps to um, stomach pain uh, to either constipation or diarrhea, uh, all sorts of things that uh, can go on. and things like hot flushes, if we, if we then introduce estrogen into the balance, because your bad bacteria um, prevent the detoxification of estrogen for women mm-hmm. and men. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's really important to keep a good balance of your bacteria. You've got to keep, you need some of, of the, what we would term bad bacteria, but you do need a higher uh, amount of the good. Hmm. Uh, and the way that you make sure that you have that is by eating plenty of rainbow fruit and vegetables. Okay. So try and eat uh, one portion of a different colored group of fruit and veg every day. Mm-hmm. Have make, When you serve your meal, have a plate, divide it in half. Half should be your vegetables. Above ground vegetables are best. Mm-hmm. Quarter would be your protein foods, so your meat, your fish, eggs, cheese. And a quarter would be um, any grains that you might have and healthy fats. So by eating, uh, so for example, for a man, uh, you, Rod, should be consuming eight to ten portions of fruit and vegetables per day. Mm-hmm. And a portion is the size of your fist. So for a man, obviously your fist is larger than mine, so your portion sizes would be larger. Mm-hmm. Um and that would be a no more than two portions of low sugar berries. So the thing about inflammation in the gut is that it tends to be driven by sugar mm-hmm. and processed foods. And we really need to try and reduce the amount of sugar and processed foods that we eat. Because the thing is that sugar, both sets of bacteria feed. They, they feed and they poo. Am I allowed to say that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, They eat and they poo. So your good bacteria uh, love their veggies. The Mm. bad bacteria love their sugar. Mm. I mean, that's very basic, very basic. (laughs) Uh, But it's it's true. So often somebody who does eat a lot of of sugary foods uh, will find that they are craving uh, those sugary foods. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it can can be because those uh, pathogenic bacteria are shouting at you, feed mm-hmm. me, feed me. Mm-hmm. Um, so the gut microbiome, we also know that it's our controller. So it, it speaks, that bacteria um, speak to um, what's going on in our brain, for example. So we know that gut inflammation uh, affects uh, particularly the elderly um, it can it can in, encourage the increase of dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, it's all linked back down into the gut. So it's vital that we do. Uh, that's why I start there and look at what's going on in the gut. Right. Uh, but nowadays, the most recent. Um, so moving on from that, uh, the next layer, if you like, that they've come up with is the oral microbiome. So what's going on in our mouths? Mm. So, for example, if you clean your teeth and you get any blood when you spit out, mm-hmm. then you have gut, you have inflammation, gum inflammation, yeah. and that's linked to your gut, right. and that will be driving symptoms in your body. So, we really need to take care of our oral health now, mm-hmm. and not just our gut health. Yeah, something I just read about recently is that a poor oral health can lead to inflammation of the heart like yes it's not a gut issue but yes that that was surprising to me i've i've been brushing and flossing my teeth more since oh excellent excellent <laughs> it's, it's important hey so what are some of the i, I have two questions I'll, I'll ask this one first like 
what are some of the major symptoms of poor gut health? It sounds like it, gut health just affects everything, but maybe just if you could share with us, what are some of the major signs of, of poor gut health? Well, some of the obvious ones, as I mentioned before, are bloating. So okay. people, a lot of people will say, you know, that they'll eat a meal and then they'll feel really bloated. Some, some women in particular may say, gosh, I look six months pregnant mm -hmm. because of the bloating. Uh, stomach cramps or um, just abdominal pain and uh, constipation. Now, long-term constipation is a risk factor for Parkinson's disease. Mm. So people who've had um, constipation since they were a child and something they've struggled with, it, that's one of the major risk factors. So we have to look at addressing that. Mm -hmm. uh, similarly, obviously, diarrhea. But then uh, because 70 to 80% of your immune system is housed in your digestive tract, you, we can end up with, with autoimmune diseases if you have gut issues. Mm -hmm. uh, so things like um, lupus, fibromyalgia, um, then skin conditions like eczema, psoriasis, um, lung issues like asthma, mm -hmm. mental uh, mood disorders, they're all linked into what's going on in your gut. Mm. So if I was to give you a list of different symptoms, you know, we, I could produce a book for you. Yeah. But, yeah, sure. but yeah. really, it's, um, there will be some link between whatever is going on um, in people to what's mm -hmm. going on in the gut. Sometimes we, we do the, or I do all the questioning and I can't find anything. You know, mm. their gut is working perfectly. So then I have to start digging again and mm. look for something else. So as a gut detective, what are some of the <laughs> tests that you do? Do you, do you have people is it, do you have people do blood tests and that sort of thing? What are uh, Yes, I can yeah. um I'm, so I'm trained in the functional medicine model okay. and so I use functional testing uh to see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um often I'll use those as a um to substantiate what I already think. Uh, particularly if we've gone through maybe three to four weeks and we're not seeing the improvements that I'd expect, then I'll use testing mm -hmm. uh, just to confirm what I'm um, suspicious of. Mm -hmm. But uh, there are comprehensive uh, stool tests, um, <laughs> which are a bit gross, but uh, they really do show us such a lot uh, of mm -hmm. what's going on down in the gut, whether whether you're processing fats properly, so whether your liver's working correctly, your gallbladder, mm. uh, what your whether the, you've got a lovely variety of um, species of bacteria, mm. uh, whether you've got all the um, correct substances like the N-butyrate. Uh, there's so much that we can tell from functional testing. Mm. Cool. I know here locally, the health labs were closed down and now they're open again. And um, I, I went for a blood test because I hadn't been for a physical or whatever in quite a while. And my doctor recommended that I get a blood test, but they weren't doing stool tests yet. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like they may start doing them next week. And it was a, a I mean, they were the, the life lab here was closed down because of COVID-19, but they're open now. And, Yes. But, uh, yeah, they're not doing stool testing quite yet. No, they're not doing stool testing. Well, we've all had to adapt, haven't we, in this uh, in this time? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. So obviously, I've been seeing clients online. 
Okay, yeah. Rather than in person. Sure. Um, and that's worked very well. Yeah. But yes, yes. <laughs> uh, one of the exciting um, uh, things that I'm looking forward to is, mm-hmm. is, is uh, there are some companies now that are moving towards test-based supplements. Okay. Uh, because as practitioners, we recommend supplements for various reasons, not long-term because they're really for short-term use only. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, um, how they're doing is basically dependent on what our client says. Well, I feel better, mm-hmm. you know, which is very subjective. Yeah. Whereas if we could test before and mm-hmm. then after they've taken it to see what the actual effect in the body is, then that's really exciting developments going on. Uh, Interesting. Yes, it is. It is. So you mentioned something there that I'm curious about is just, you said supplements are only for the short term. I mean, I've been taking a multivitamin for consistently for years. (laughs) Okay. So um, I do believe that, that uh, because of the depleted soil that we, we currently have in the world due to over farming, that, a lot of the minerals that uh, our parents and grandparents got from their their vegetables, etc., mm-hmm. um, is far less than what uh, we get now. So I would recommend a multivitamin for everybody. Okay. It, but it is good to to swap it over. You know, our bodies get used to things. Sure. So switch it up now and then. It's just like uh, exercise. They recommend you do different, do different things. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, your body gets used to doing a certain exercise. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and the thing about supplements. So some clients have had come to me, you know, and they'll, they'll, they'll bring a, ba- a bag of lotions and potions and bottles and pills and say, <laughs> well, I've been, I take this and I take this. And sometimes they'll, they'll be like a, um, a row of 15. <laughs> yeah. Because they decided they'd take this one. Then this friend recommended this one. And then they saw this one on uh, advertised on the TV, on the internet. Good old Mr. Google. Uh, Or they read a health magazine and then they were recommended. And the thing about supplements is that uh, they may interact with one another. Mm -hmm. They may interact with some of the medication that people are on. Yeah. And uh, if you take uh, certain supplements at the same time, they may well count, um, counteract. So mm-hmm. it's like you're wasting your money. Yeah. So I look very carefully at what supplements people are taking. And sometimes I'll say, right, we're going to cut all of these out mm-hmm. and then we're going to start again. And that's quite a mindset shift for some people. <laughs> They've become quite dependent on on those uh, absolutely at least mentally absolutely. right or, or psychologically uh, yes yeah. yes because we <laughs> should be able to get what we need if we're eating a good whole food diet with good fats and low sugar and uh, not too many processed carbs mm-hmm. uh, we should be able to get what we need nutrient wise from our diet mm-hmm. i only use supplements as short-term therapeutics to get okay. a client to where they should be okay interesting that's cool Good to know. Um, what are some things, like just speaking to our general audience, <laughs> what are some of your top tips for gut, for, for better gut health? Well, um, <laughs> really, better gut health is based on what you eat. So uh, for people who suffer from blood sugar issues, so that feeling of uh, after dinner when you think, oh, I could just go to sleep, mm-hmm. or you feel sluggish, um, that's because your blood sugar's dipped. So I would recommend that you have a portion of protein, a protein food at every meal. 
Mm. So your protein is your meat, your fish, poultry, um, cheese, uh, obviously tofu or any of the um, lentils and pulses that are also proteins. Mm. Uh, then you should make sure that you are getting your eight to ten portions of rainbow vegetables for a, a man and seven to nine for a woman each day. Uh, you know, if you're not eating those right now, then don't go from one to 10 because you won't maintain it. Mm. Uh, add in one a week or add in once one, a new one every few days. Sure, like My, the, the way I like to, to deal with clients is to add in healthy mm. rather than just saying, okay, we're going to take all this rubbish out because yeah. then everybody goes into a, into a nosedive and yeah. panics, you know, and then we feel we're in completely, we're being denied what we want. So we, that's why we fall off the wagon. Mm -hmm. So protein, uh, veggies, and healthy fats. So that's your olive oil, uh, coconut oil, oily fish, avocados, nuts and seeds. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure you drink plenty of water. Right. Cheers. <laughs> um, that you get good quality sleep. You make sure you move every day. And that you use some kind of relaxation or some kind of stress relief mm. because stress impacts the gut terribly. Mm -hmm. um, and interestingly enough, if you have high stress and you don't sleep well, those two, that, that combination uh, really impacts the gut and then drives sugar cravings and carbohydrate cravings. So, if you don't sleep well, the next day you are going to crave carbohydrates purely because your body needs extra energy. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, so that would be protein at every meal, your, your rainbow fruit and veg, your healthy fats, mm -hmm. um, good sleep, exercise, water, and some kind of um, relaxation technique. It can be yoga or using uh, you know, an app that helps you listening to music or just getting out into nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's actually really very simple, Rod. You know, if you strip <laughs> yeah. it back to basics, it's yeah. just taking it back to what we really know is simple and easy and natural. Yeah. It, it, in some ways, it's a bit of common sense, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It is. It is. Uh, yeah. We all get way too complicated about things. And there's so many different diets that come and go you know one one time it's the grapefruit diet then it's this diet and yeah. and i speak from experience being a yo-yo dieter all my life you know i've tried them all yeah. and uh they're successful but because they haven't trained me to change my eating habits mm -hmm. or changed my lifestyle right. when i get to where i've got to and i come off the diet mm -hmm. The weight piles on again, and more besides. Yeah. So uh, it's all about teaching people how to um, change their their dietary habits over a period of time. Yeah, habits is a big one, isn't it? Creating, it is a big one. Yes. Creating healthy habits, and I like what you say about adding sort of one thing at one one time, not to overwhelm yourself, because it's often what we don't do. We do the exact opposite. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. Like yes. after the 
after the holidays is typically when you see that the most. <laughs> People get kind of disgusted with themselves and 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 go, you know, sort of way overboard. It's too Absolutely. Much, too, we just swing from right? one way to the other, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes, they say that um, the, the average person, I don't know about the States uh, or Canada, but here mm. in the UK, they, I read some research the other day to say that the average person has put on plus minus 15 pounds during lockdown. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you call it in Canada. We've called, it's lockdown here. Is it quarantine, quarantine for you guys? Or lockdown or lockdown. self-isolation. Yeah, there's a self bunch isolation. of terms for it. Yeah. Yes. And that was that's actually a fascinating phenomenon that I've seen <laughs> is that, uh, yeah, a lot of people used COVID-19. And, and I'm not saying this judgmentally at all. This is just an observation is a lot of people sort of just... I see a lot of posts about people just, you know, I'm going to, they're just going to indulge themselves <laughs> and, yes. and health, healthy eating and has kind of gone out of the wind out the window for some people. Yeah. I, I think so. I think you've yeah. got the two camps. You've got those who've taken the opportunity to get super fit or to yeah. super healthy. Yeah. And then you've got the rest who they're working from home. So yeah. it's easy to go down to the kitchen and, grab a snack of this and a bowl of that and mm. even it's even if it's healthy snacks like hummus and uh raw veggies yeah. you know it's still food right. so you just don't you're not giving your system time to yeah. recover yeah. Uh, so i've i'm i'm uh, i've put together a, a course called lose your lockdown love handles oh nice <laughs> <laughs> great i'm glad you mentioned that <laughs> How do people yeah. find, we're not going to wrap up quite yet. I have another question for you, but okay. how do people find out about that? <laughs> uh, so that's going to be launching middle of July. Okay. Um, and if people go to my website, well, my page on my website, because the website's <laughs> being uh, revamped at the moment, but if yeah. they want to put their details in, then um, I can send them, uh, I can give them a quick call and yeah. uh, we can discuss it further. Excellent. I mean, I've spoken with lots of people who are in that position that could use your help. So, oh well, hello. I, do you, why do you think I um, put the course together? Because I've done it myself as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hopefully, people will will check that out. My a question that's coming to mind, and my friend asked this on his marketing podcast, and I want to ask you. But what's some of the bad advice you hear in your your industry? Uh, bad advice. Yeah. Gosh, that's a good question. Let me think about that. I know I'm putting you on the spot, so go ahead and take a minute. <laughs> I think if you do anything to excess, Rod, mm. is bad advice. Sure. Uh, eating cabbage soup for three days, you know, right. is taking things to extreme. Sure. Uh, now, there are benefits to uh, being in a fasted state. I'm not saying that there isn't, mm -hmm. but... Uh, if you're going to fast, then you do need to do it with the help of a practitioner, for example. Mm. Uh, bad advice is, um, you know, add in another three supplements <laughs> 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 to your already bulging kitchen cupboard. Um, maybe bad advice is listening to too much advice. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. No, I think so. I think yeah. so. Uh, yeah. it, it's It's like... It's like now, you know, we've all been at home. 
And I don't know about you, but I, I actually had to turn the news off and I had to turn social media off for a while because I was completely overwhelmed Absolutely. by the noise. And I yeah. think that's when, when clients come to see me, they are overwhelmed because... Sure. And confused, right? They're confused. There is so yeah. much confusing uh, advice out there. You know, one minute uh, we're allowed to eat eggs, then we're not allowed to eat eggs, <laughs> then we're allowed to eat eggs again, then we're not allowed to eat butter, now we can eat butter. Right. Uh, so it's, yes, it's, it's very, very difficult to, to navigate the noise mm -hmm. that's out there. It sounds like you help people cut through the noise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I try, I, yeah. I do try. And well, just um, by doing, going through your process, I can see how you, you know, by eliminating things and asking questions, you're, you're trying to get to what is the, their personal issue. Yes. And, yes. and how you can, how they can help themselves and how you can help them. Yeah. Yes. Because I can have two people come to me with the same condition, mm -hmm. but the way that we improve that is completely different for both of them. There will be similar things, but yeah. uh, it is completely individual. Fasting is another fad right now. You just mentioned it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> do you incorporate fasting into what you do or how do you help? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, uh, intermittent fasting uh, so for those who don't understand what that is, it's basically giving yourselves, uh, giving your system a really good window of rest. Mm. So, for example, you would have your uh, evening meal at half past six in the evening or seven. Yeah. And then you would not eat again until maybe 11 or 12 the next day or even mm. one o'clock. Right. So that... Uh, you, your system really, really um, has that time to rest. Mm -hmm. um, and so in that time, some of the uh, processes in the body reset themselves. It's very good for people who have what's called insulin resistance mm. or insulin sensitivity, which has come about from just overburdening the body with sugar. Mm. Nice. Um, and it's not something you have to do every day. Right. Try it. And, and or, uh, you know, go from because a lot of people tend to snack in the evening. They'll have right. their evening meal. Then they'll put the TV on and they'll have a bowl of popcorn or a bowl of crisps. Mm -hmm. um, and they'll eat what I call mindlessly. You know, we talk about mindfulness. This is mindless eating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a glass of wine, maybe, or a gin and tonic and a bowl of something. Yeah. And and we do it. We're not aware of the fact that we're just we've eaten a whole bowl of popcorn or a big bar of chocolate. Mm -hmm. uh, and so if we can cut that out, then we're really doing ourselves um, a big favor. I think one of the confusing things about fasting and someone just mentioned this to me recently was ab about the advice to, that everybody should have breakfast, that breakfast is so important. So. <laughs> what, what, how, do you, how do you address that? Well, you know, there's the saying, um, breakfast, eat breakfast is like a king, lunch like a lord, and supper like a pauper. Right, and, yeah. you know, there is, there is there's wisdom, wisdom in that as that. well. Sure, yes, there is. Sure. Yeah. Uh, some people really don't feel well when they eat breakfast. Mm -hmm. um, some people can't, do, uh, can't cope with a cooked breakfast. So, for example, um, scrambled eggs on um, sourdough toast or rye toast or even on sweet potato toast. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's with, with um, a handful of spinach or a handful of arugula. 
that would uh, be a very nice cooked breakfast. But some people, they cannot face that when they get up in the morning. Mm. So they could have a smoothie with uh, berries and nuts, maybe some avocado in, plant milk or coconut milk or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But on other days, do the internet fasting. It's... But it's a case of trial and error for all of us. Sure. You know, if you don't feel well on it, then yeah. I would say that it's maybe not <laughs> the best for you. Yeah, yeah. We've done that, by the way. Recently, we've done some avocado or not. Well, we've done avocado toast, but we've also done uh, sweet potato toast just yes. as a slice. And uh, I think we did yam as well. We we're doing more homemade yam fries and, and that sort of thing. And yeah, Lovely. Just, yeah, they taste great. Yeah. Well, a lot a lot of people are very dependent on bread. It's a very mm-hmm. staple part of their diet. And so yeah. by sw- switching that out for yeah. sweet potato toast, which, of course, you can do in the toaster. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. My my clients love it. I go, yes. Uh, how about uh, poached eggs on sweet potato toast? And they go, really? <laughs> <laughs> cauliflower is another good substitute for, for bread as well. So, you know, we've made cauliflower pizzas and. Uh, yes. It sounds like you're able to, are you talking to people all over the world? It sounds like it's not, you're not just inhibited by location anymore. (laughs) Uh, No, but even before uh, lockdown, I was, uh, I had some clients in South Africa Mm. um, and one in uh, the States. So yes, I, uh, I can work all over the world. Great. And I guess people can just visit their own local doctor or whatever sort of they can go and get their tests locally and somehow forward some of those things too, if it's necessary. Yes. There's always a way, Rod. There's always a way. Yeah. Great. So yeah, just one, you mentioned that I said stories and you gave (laughs) us, you gave us a story in the beginning and it sounds like you have another one in mind. So yeah, just before we wrap up, uh, Tell us about someone else that's been helped. Well, it's always lovely when, uh, A, the client says how much better they're feeling. But when a husband says to me, you know, thank you so much. I've got my wife back. And with this next story, the children, uh, the two little girls said to me, thank you so much. Um, we've got our mummy back. Mm. Nice. And uh, she came to me with real anxiety. Uh, couldn't sleep palpitations, all that kind of thing. Mm. Um, and uh, so I worked through with her. I gave her some, some stress-relieving techniques. Uh, we removed gluten from her diet. Mm. And that made the biggest help. Wow. Removing gluten, removing sugar. And um, her anxiety levels just went back down to normal. And she then said to me, uh, I, she did everything 100%. And uh, in six weeks, she said, Sue, I feel amazing. Absolutely amazing. And at the end of the three months after working with her, her kids came to me and they said, thank you. We've got our happy mummy back. <laughs> That's great. I know gluten was a big one for me. The first time I saw a nutritionist years ago, uh, he had me take you know stop eating bread because i was getting like fever-like symptoms uh, you know once a month and sometimes it would develop into a like a full-blown fever and when i did that it 
it eliminated that symptom entirely. So, yes, we all have some kind of gluten sensitivity. We might not have gluten intolerance. I was going to ask you. Yes, because we've eaten so much uh, processed uh, bread, pasta, rice, you know, they're all, well, not rice, um, but carbs and, Mm -hmm. uh, and bread that, um, Yes, we've developed a sensitivity, and a lot of people find a real improvement, particularly with bloating, mm. when they cut gluten out. You really have to do it for six weeks and be really strict with it. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's, it's found in other products. So in this country, I don't know about Canada, but you can find gluten in soups and sure. in um, salad dressings and you know odd, random <laughs> things. Yeah. So it's why I always teach my clients how to read the ingredients on a food label. Yeah. Great, great advice. And it's, it's the same thing with sugar, isn't it too? Like sugars and, and so many things. And when you start to pay, I've found that when you start to pay attention to that, you might be blown away about all the hidden places that sugar is in. And the different names that they come under. So you're not just looking for sugar, but Obviously, high fructose corn syrup, mm-hmm. glucose, dextrose, um, you know, all kinds of sugar like that. Yeah. It's the eye opener for me was just fruit juice and how much there's often more sugar in fruit juice than there is in a can of pop. Yes. Yeah. And, and it spikes your blood sugar and then you really suffer. Yeah. And then we look back at how much we gave our kids those little juice boxes and just yes. giving them. Yes. Giving and, them. and I used to give my daughter a little box of raisins, you know, just <laughs> concentrated sugar. No wonder she used yeah. to take off like a wild thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it was interesting for that person that you just talked about that removing uh, gluten and sugar affected her moods as well and, and helped her with depression. Yes. Yeah. And that's because our happy hormone serotonin is made in the gut. Okay. Interesting. Plus it's serotonin also uh, helps with the movement of food through the gut. Mm. So people who have constipation probably have low serotonin. Mm. And people with low serotonin are often suffer from low moods or, or can tend towards depression. Interesting. Yeah. Because the person, the example you gave before was they were suffering from depression a little bit as well. Yes. Now that was a lot to do with uh, a, the body being stripped of nutrients, Mm -hmm. but also the sheer trauma of what she was going through, of what she was going through. Yeah. And feeling kind of helpless. Yes. And she'd had accidents when she was out, you know, and that's really not nice. (laughs) No. No. Yeah. Well there with that, Go, mentioning that we've come full circle <laughs> so i feel like well we jim would always say you know that uh, i'm the lady who's, who talks about poo a lot <laughs> <laughs> i guess it's quite natural that's what that's what's happening in your gut in the system and you don't you have no idea how much you can tell from it <laughs> not that i look at anybody else's I'm, i haven't gone that far but uh, i yeah. take what they tell me i remember from my university days of someone who work in nature, there's actual scatologists who look at <laughs> animal feces. That's their job. You know? And they can tell yes. a lot about what's happening to a particular animal or species of animals by their, their poo. So why not human beings? It just totally makes 
sense. Exactly. Well, living in South Africa for 17 years, you know, we did a lot of safaris and mm. it's one of the things that they, they tell you about, you know, if an elephant's got a runny tummy, yeah, it will eat the, the, um, the droppings from the elephant in front. Oh yeah. And that will settle its stomach. Wow. <laughs> I'm not recommending that, but <laughs> <laughs> that might be some of the bad advice you hear. I would industry. think that would be some of the bad advice. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that you, you're going to be offering um, something for people and maybe you could just mention that again and just, uh, give us your website again as well. Yes. So uh, anybody who'd like to chat further with me, uh, whether it's about uh, health issues, whether they um, are interested in reducing the amount of sugar they have in their diet, they can go to the website, uh, www.thegenuinelivingcompany.com, uh, pop their name and email in there, and I will send them a free seven days of sugar-free smoothies to kickstart them. <laughs> I'll also set up a discovery call of about half an hour with them so that mm -hmm. we can talk through, see if I can help them and give them some tips just to um, get them started. Uh, but also there's my lose your lockdown love handles course that I'm <laughs> launching in July. And if people would like to register their interest for that, they can go onto the uh, website page and do that as well. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, it's been great speaking with you, talking to a fellow Leap Zoner. <laughs> Absolutely. I, well, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for um, Jim and Isabella at Leap Zone Strategies. Yeah. But they gave you lots of fantastic advice and help along the way, I'm sure. Yes, yeah. they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to working with Jim again. Good. Take care. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to be on the show, Rod. Thank you. Thank you.